Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Violin, but it's a ukulele. If you didn't know, I'm playing a ukulele. I was gonna edit that out because it's too quiet. You can barely hear it. All right, intro. (laughs) Dad. You said you were doing the intro. No. What? You said you were doing the intro. For this. Oh. That's the intro. Welcome to the JGB Sports episode 13. Dad, can you leave that part in? I can leave that part in, possibly. First minute, I got a lot of editing to do, though. I think. No. We are gonna focus no today editing, on editing the for that part. South Maryland Blue Crabs game. But before we get to that segment one, things that we've been talking about this week. Um, one of the things that we were we've been listening to the Baseball History Pod, which is something that Bob Wright used to do years ago, about two thousand six, two thousand nine, yeah. two thousand ten. Bob. Um, I've been listening to them a lot. You like listening to them now. One person that came. I up need was, Dad to. Find that episode where his was. I told his... you it's in 2009. We're on 2008 right now. I submitted a statement. How many review. more months, Dad? I don't know. We all get there when we get there. One of the people they mentioned was Rick Wise, and I said, "Oh, I bought a baseball card at Rick Wise this week," and you didn't remember who it was. And I said, "Like um, he hit home runs and he had a no hitter." Anyway, he actually came up uh, yesterday. We're recording on Friday. We're recording a little early this week. Heelcat's also around. here. Uh, Heelcat is here as well, but from she's the kind JGB of Wrestling some... Podcast. She's doing a little bit of cleaning right now. She might come down later. Uh, from the MLB Vault on Twitter, June 23rd, 1971. So this was uh, 52, 51 years ago yesterday. Uh, Rick Wise had an all-time performance. He tossed a no-hitter and smashed two homers for the Phillies that night. So when we're listening to Baseball History Podcast, it could be from like any month at all. It was funny, though, that that same evening when I came home, um, that got mentioned. Now, there was one other story that I wanted to mention. I, as you were listening in the car, sometimes you only half listen, so I was really curious if you heard about this one. So, did you hear the one about Ernie Harwell, who was a broadcaster or a commentator? Mm, yeah. Okay, so he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers, kind of. but in strange circumstances... And I'd never heard this before. And I did not remember this story either. I so I thought it'd be an interesting. So what was unique about how he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers? I don't know. And I, I was only half your... listening. I haven't given I was you only 70... notes yet. So... Dad, I was only 25% listening. Alright, well you can tell us then. The Crackers were a double-A team, two runs below the majors. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, Harwell had achieved considerable... Notoriety. Due to the crackers airing the g- their games on WSB. I assume that's a radio station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A five a fifty thousand watt station that reached much of the eastern oh. half of the United States at night. Brooklyn Dodgers general manager had Hard owner. Branch Ricky who signed Jackie Robinson. He did, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> like 80 years. 75 Was years ago. impressed with Harwell that he believed he would be an appropriate substitute for long-time Dodgers announcer, Red Barber. Red Barber was very famous as well. 
Why is so is he a a barber that's red? No, it was his last name. Red, perhaps because his hair was red. I actually don't know why he's called Red Barber. I don't know. Who was uh, re recuperating from a bleeding ulcer? Mm -hmm. What is? All right. Also, what is that? But it sounds it sounds thing. painful. It's, it's a medical thing. It's not good. Keep going. The length of part is the interesting part. He traded. He traded Cliff Dapper to the Crackers in exchange for breaking Harwell's broadcasting contract. The only known instance in baseball history where a player was traded for a broadcaster. Yeah, now, I knew Ernie Hartwell. I knew he was really famous, but I didn't know. Normally, they just kind of switched um, different companies. They'll go from... They'll go from radio company to radio company, TV company to TV company. I've never heard of a player being traded for a, um, an, an announcer. And um, that's what happened in this case. So I thought that was an interesting story. And I thought that was one possibly that um, our listeners had not heard of either. So I thought that was a good one to do. Now, your baseball card for this Trey Mancini. I picked at random from the box. I, I've decided I'm not going to look. I'm just going to put my hand in the box and pull out one Can at I random. Can I pick that? And uh, this week, no, because you'd look and peek and make no, sure I'd you got like... Cal Ripken. So no. I picked out Trey Mancini, 30 years old, six foot four, joined the Orioles in 2016. That's right, those right. Okay. What? Weight two fifteen and height is six four. Okay, I already gave him six So four. two inches taller than Dad. Uh huh. On a good day. I'm <laughs> like six one and a half, but yeah. Sometimes I round up to six. I don't. I don't normally round up to six two, but I could say six two. I don't think anyone would argue. Any okay. other facts you've got from from the back of the card? This is a Panini card. It is a Panini card. Does it say what year that card's from? Um, twenty nineteen. 2019 okay so he's been there for three years at this point i did actually print out some of his stats for you as well if you wanted to cool. see uh while you're looking i will tell in you hold on hold on while you're looking you can I'm pick something out um he was in the voting for al rookie of the year in 2016 um the two people who came ahead of him that year he finished third aaron judge was number one and andrew benatendi was number two so yankees and red sox players there um, yeah, I think they've both gone doing pretty well right now. So Trey Mancini was in good company that year. Um, I'm just looking. Aaron Judge hit 52 home runs in his rookie year. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, let's have a look how many. Ben Attende hit 20 and uh, Trey uh, hit 24 that year. All right, go ahead. So his 2022 stats. Uh-huh. Let's... Okay, let's look at his Well, he's only had 63 games so far. He's had 68 home runs. He's had 68 home runs. I don't know where you're looking at. He has not had 68 home runs. In 63 games? I don't think so. That won't make any sense at all. You're looking at hits. H is hits. HR is home runs. He's had seven home where runs so Where is HR, Dad? Where it says HR, it goes H. That's hits. Two bases, which is doubles. Three He's bases, which is triples. He's seven last year. He had 21 yeah. last year. Last year he played 147 games. He's only played 63 games so far. They're not even halfway through the season yet. So he's still got a bit of time on that one. Um, on average, JJ, over 162 games, he averages 27 home runs. So he might be a little bit behind at this point. Um, his batting average is he's 280. He's had 27 RBIs. Uh-huh. His batting average is probably better because you can kind of relate that more. Uh, his batting average is 285. Last year, only about 255, so he's actually doing a little bit better. 
Um, I'm interested though. What do you notice His on the... OPS is 126. Uh-huh. Uh, OPS plus. I don't know what OPS plus is. Slugging. His OPS is 788. His OPS plus is 126. I don't recognize that His OPS that is 0.788. Yeah. There's something... I thought there was what? something interesting. 1047 one? That, is that his, for which year? Or is that for an average? 2016. 2016, yeah. Yeah, his OPS was massive. He only played five. He only played five games. He went five for 15. So you can see why the Orioles kept him, right? And they were right to keep him because he went Rookie of the Year. Oh, sorry. He was third in Rookie of the Year. All right. There was something I thought that you might pick out from the stats. I don't normally give you the stats, but there was one thing that there's a bit of a gap in those stats. I was waiting for you to oh, pick up. He did not play in a major or minor leagues because mm -hmm. of illness. Now, what illness? Now, that was my question as well. Covidies, Martinis? All right, well, I'm going to tell you. Now, if it would have been injury, then you'd be like, they wouldn't have even mentioned it. Like, if you had Tommy John surgery or something, it just would have been a gap and he wouldn't have said anything. But when it said illness, I was like, oh, let me look up. All right, so March 7th, Mancini. I think, I'm trying to remember where I got this from. I didn't write down where I actually got it from. Um, I should have done it. It might have been from ESPN, uh, or it might have been from um, just Wikipedia. Uh, Mancini left the Orioles during spring break to undergo a non-baseball medical procedure. On March 12th, it was revealed that the procedure was the removal of a malignant tumour from his colon. On April 28th, Mancini revealed he had stage 3 colon cancer, and he began chemotherapy to treat his cancer. He subsequently missed the entire 2020 season. In November 2020, Mancini announced he was cancer-free and planned to play for the Orioles in 2021. Obviously, you already mentioned he did play in 2021, and obviously he's doing he has in 2022 as well. I didn't realize that. It could have been really serious. Stage 3. I don't know exactly how many stages there are, but that was something really serious. I did not know that about Trey Mancini at all. So if it's like regular cancer, uh -huh. like stage three, like you're just gonna die. Stage three sounds really, really serious to me. The fact yeah. that this was April, stage but he one, announced stage by three, stage three. Yeah, but by November he announced he was cancer free. Um, that's a great story that he managed to uh, recover from that, and obviously he's doing pretty well. He's been playing every game as far as we can tell. So um, anyway, I think that does it for Trey Mancini. Unless there's anything else on your card you noticed. Mancini admitted he was a low point during. The 2018 All-Star break. He was a little what? A low point during the Oh, 20... a low point. Okay. When he was batting just a tick higher than 215 pound weight. I was pretty open about it, he said. Oh, okay. Alright. Fair enough. I think we actually saw... Oh, I Mason and I saw Trey Mancini when he played for um, one of the minor teams. I can, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the Bowie Bay Sox. Uh, I watched saw. him. But it was that was it was obviously before yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, it's Bowie because they go to Orioles. Uh huh. Well, they go for Norfolk first, but I'm pretty sure I might have even seen him at Frederick. But I do remember the name Trey Mancini for sure. I saw him at Orioles Brewers earlier this year. Yes, you did. All right, this one though is our South Maryland Blue Crabs game. Uh, at Regency Furniture Stadium, um, I'm not sure if it is Waldorf, Maryland, but it's a, it's close to Waldorf, Maryland. If it's not Waldorf, um, this is an Atlantic no. League game, and independently, it's independent. Yeah. So first of all, I started out by looking at the teams: the Charleston Dirty Birds. I kind of like that name. <laughs> uh, the Staten Island Ferryhawks, who they were playing. Uh, the Gastonia. Oh yeah, with the first um, oh, they're playing the Miners. Mm-hmm. The Gastonia Honey Hunters. The High Point the Rockers, who we might be seeing in a few days' time, I'm hoping. Uh-huh. It's a honey badger. Um, the Lancaster Barnstormers, the Lexington Legends, uh, the Long Island Ducks, 
Southern Maryland Blue Crabs and the York Revolution. We I'm saying it like that because I actually say that at the York Revolution. We have two. Campaign. We have two other stickers. And we did. Guess yeah. We went to uh, that game and they had uh, the team. The leagues changed quite a bit since. Wait, that. actually, we have three. The oh. the Revolution. We have the Long Island the, Duck sticker the as well. And the Barnstormers. The Barnstormers for sure. Now, I mentioned the Gastonia Honey Hunters. JJ, we're only 30 minutes away from the Gastonia Honey Hunters next week. Tell us about the Atlantic League then, JJ. What Entering I... its 24th season. The Atlantic League of Professional Baseball, ALPB, offers an open classification of high, the highest level of baseball other than any other than med. Major League Baseball. Now, you asked me, like, where does it fall? Like, is it, like, uh, is it equivalent to, like, triple A, double A, single A? And I was like, I honestly don't know, because it's independent. It's totally separate. But they mentioned that, that it is a very high league. And actually, as we read on more, you're going to find out why it's so high as well. Okay. So, Atlantic League players are highly experienced professionals. Having progressed through professional baseball developmental levels, single A, double A, they play more than 40% of the Atlantic League players have Major League service time. So a lot of the players have already played in the Major Leagues, actually. Like uh -huh. who? Well, I can give you I can give you some names coming up in a little bit, I think. I have a couple. I did Wait, keep going. That's later in my notes. Keep oh, going. Zing it. All right, Atlantic League clubs pay players to win baseball games, not apprentice in baseball developmental levels. So it's not a developmental level. They're assuming that these players are already good. So they're not really training them. They're just, they're assuming they're good players already. And most of them are. If they have 40% of them have already been in the majors. All right, since the league started in 1998. More than 44 million fans have attended Atlantic League games. That's a lot. In one of the... League state-of-the-art ballparks. Mm -hmm. In 2016, AOPB became the first independent professional baseball league to sign work a working agreement with Major League Baseball. Oh, I didn't yeah, know also, that either. I didn't why was, know that. There was, like, barely anyone at that Blue Crabs game. It was a Wednesday game. It started at 5 o'clock. So, yeah, not many people are going to be there on a Wednesday. It was summer. It was for us. It was our first day of summer holidays. Most people are still working on that. Most people are going to go to the Friday night games or Saturday when you have fireworks. We were just passing through on that night, so we wanted to go and see that game at that point. In 2020, ALPB became the first... Oh, you already mentioned oh, that Oh, yeah, where do we the go? The league plans to expand to 12 teams over the next few years, starting with Hagerstown, Maryland in 2023. Now, Hagerstown used to be the Hagerstown Suns who was an affiliate of the Washington Nationals, so I'm not sure if they're going to be using that stadium. Yay, uh, or the not. Hagerstown. Hagerstown. Hagerstown is the one that has the scoreboard where you, have to put the, where you have to put the tiles on. Um, I've actually scored there for them one time. They said, if you'd like to score, call us. So I called them, and they basically wanted me like the next game. And then that afterwards, they kept I calling me. They're like, um, you want to come and do it again? I was like, no, that's good. And then they called me again. Like, do you want to do it? I was like, no, we're good. Um, but they asked me like three times if I wanted to do it. Uh, it was fun. I think Mason helped out for a little bit, I want to say. Do it. I think I might have switched out with Mommy at one point as well. Uh, but it was a crazy game. I think it was like 15 hits, because I had to keep track of the hits, the runs, the every and the only thing I didn't do was like Wait, just the, have uh, many people strikes. do it. I didn't have to do balls and strikes, but they, there was a lot of action going on in this game, and they were getting hits on like first at bat as well. So it was kind of busy. It was fun. I really enjoyed doing it, but it was something. It was something I'd like to do again at some point. So I don't know if they're going to use that stadium or not, though. All right, hey, so the game. 
have we didn't a... realize we didn't realize that it was a double header. Um, we just didn't know. On Boiler the schedule, alert! It just we went to one. both games. So we got there, and we can already hear people in there. We're like, "We're it's half an hour before game started. Like, what's going on? Like, we had no idea." So there was two seven inning double headers, and um, so we saw the end of game one. We were probably there in about the fourth, fifth inning. I think it was bottom of the fifth. I want to say. Um, which score Take at this time? South Maryland was no, well. They don't do that in the seventh inning on that one. Um, at in this point, fifth. Staten Island was winning two to one. So um, you I want got to talk to about the, the end of this game. with pinch. Yeah, you got to. We were actually they. We could sit wherever we like, pretty much. And they said, um, "Do you want front row?" And we're like, "Yeah, we want front row." We didn't realize we were right next to the $2. dugout. You wanted to be next. To, it wasn't two dollars. <laughs> The seats were not two dollars. The seats were fifteen dollars. Um, you were eleven dollars. Um, so um, yeah, it was a lit. But we've got we're front row, so I was like, I'm not complaining. I was like, it was great. If I'd been right at the back for fifteen, I wouldn't have been very happy. But front row for fifteen was awesome. We were right next to the dugout. You got yeah, you got called up. You're like, would you like to do the macarena with pinch? And you were like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I got messed a video up a that. few times. It's all right. Mason uh, joined in as well. He did not know the Macarena. He didn't. He'd be watched you, and he watched the other. He watched Pinch, <laughs> so he got up and did that. He basically did that. He basically tried to fly like a on my duck. <laughs> he did just fine. Did you want to talk about what happened in the end of the game then? Because we mentioned it was two to one. Staten Island were winning. So did Staten Island get the win? Uh. You don't remember this game? Well. Uh, this is like the most exciting finish we've ever seen to a baseball game, and one game within two lives. One of the most exciting, I should say. I'm going to put Coppin State's ninth inning in the MEAC tournament. That's better than this, but this was a this was special. It doesn't say who. You know, you were there. It was a walk-off home run. How do you not remember Blue Joe? Crabs Joe DeLuca hit a home run. It was a walk-off home run, and, that, and the crowd. We got to celebrate because they were the players came out of the dugout, and we were right there, so we could see absolutely everything. Like I don't think we've seen a walk-off home run before. It was really cool to see. Now the only problem with having that double header though is they have a thirty-minute break in between. So while they had that thirty-minute break, we went across to the uh, the playground area. We paid for you to have a wristband, so yeah. they, do a, they had some fairground rides, they had some slides, uh, they had some inflatables, and actually it was longer than that. You were there about 40 minutes, and actually we didn't go back to our seats, because I wanted to sit on the grass for a bit. You can sit on the grass in the outfield, so we did that for a little bit, and what else did you do? What other things did they have in the park that kids could play in? I don't know. Jeez, it was a very memorable trip, apparently. You got to play basketball, they had their own basketball court. That was in the summer, they have a that boat that you can basketball court? Yes, it was. No. Nope. What do you think there was two nets for? Why do you think you were... What were you bouncing and taking shots with? That was a basketball and a goalie. A soccer goalie. Oh, it was not. Yes, it was. You were shooting was. into a hoop. There was no hoop, Dad. Okay, anyone who wants to check... There... No hoop. Okay, all right, buddy. There uh, actually was. To, anyone Ask who wants Mason. to check, you can uh, go and look on the uh, sort of Maryland Blue Crabs website. Uh, they have a basketball court. No. They also have uh, boats a that you can uh, ride around in as well. Just go. It was go weird. To... Nobody was nobody was supervising it though, so I said no. You're not going in there today. Uh, but you wanted to go back at some point, and do that. Uh, we got back to the far side. It was starting to get dark at this time. Um, we'd already seen one game, and I didn't want to be with for, with the second game not starting until about seven forty. I was like, I do not want to see the end of this game because it's going to be too long. We still had to travel down to. Oh um, yeah. I Lexington were... Park, I want to say. I, I didn't think you were talking about the one on the other side, Dad. At the 
outfields. Yes. I thought you were talking about the one in the play park. No. Um, I saw this on the uh, <laughs> the stadium A to Z. Uh, will I be able to get autographs? Yes. We encourage our fans to ask players and coaches for autographs. However, there are some guidelines. Players are not allowed to sign autographs once the umpires have taken the field. So you can't like call them over in the middle of the game or anything like that. We also ask that you be aware of fellow fans when seeking autographs. But every Sunday game at 105, the Blue Crabs players have a free autograph session at the front gates. Gates open at 1, and games start at 2 p.m. normally on Sundays. So Here if you go. get there on Sat Sunday games, you can the players are already there. You just got to say, can I get an autograph, and they'll sign for you. Wait, can we bring a ball, Dad? You could bring a ball, yeah. You I don't bring your, my Cal Ripken ball. You could take your program if you still if we still have it. We bought a, we, we yeah, bought a yearbook. I, I want them to sign my Cal Ripken ball. Okay, you could certainly do that. All right, do you want to take, talk about the second game? Because we left before the end. Um, South, 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 uh, Southern Maryland Blue Clubs were winning 3-0 to zero when we left. So, how did it finish up? Oh, sorry, it was 3-1. to one. I apologize. They won 4-3. to three. They did. Um, yeah. Staten Island got um, two in the seventh, and um, they managed to get one more run, so that was enough. Um, Southern Maryland actually had two errors in this game. Um, the bottom of the seventh, Eric Marinas hit Braxton Lee with a pitch to start the inning. Lee advanced to second on a sacrifice, and Michael Wililansky hit a single, scoring Braxton Lee to give the Blue Crabs a 4-3 win. Now, this seems a little suspect. It said, with the win, the Blue Crabs moved to 37-12 and and lead the division by 13 games. I don't even know they played that many games at that point. That sounds like a lot, but I don't know. Um, Staten Island's record is 14-34, and 34 according to the place that I saw. So um, oh, perhaps the Blue Crabs are just really good. Now, you asked me about players, JJ. As I went back to look for this... It this says they were from... the top in, of the Atlantic League, Dad. They are, yes. This was from the day before we went on their website. So this is... Uh... Oh, it does say Waldorf, Maryland, so I guess it is in Waldorf. June 14th, the Philadelphia Phillies selected the control of right-handed pitcher Michael Kelly on Monday afternoon. The 2019 Blue Crab starting pitcher will replace James Warwood, Norwood in the Phillies MLB bullpen. Uh, the 29-year-old heads to the MLB for the first time and he becomes the third Crabs pitcher since 2018 to get the call after their time in Southern Maryland. So the day before we went, literally, a Blue Crabs player went to the, the Majors. No, we should have saw that game. So, I thought you were going to ask me with it being the third, who were the other ones? Well, I found. Uh, Dustin Knight currently plays for Tampa Bay. And I saw on MLBTradeRumors.com, the third is Chris Mazza, who the Rays announced Monday that they've reinstated from the 60-day injured list and then designated him for assignment. That means he's leaving, basically. Uh, Mazza has been sidelined since mid-April due to back spasms, and the Rays apparently didn't see enough to bring him back into the big league roster. Uh, Mazza has played for the Mets, Red Sox, and the Rays. So he's played for quite a few teams, actually. Uh, last four seasons, he's averaged an ERA of 5.35 in 79 innings. All right, anything else you want to talk about about the blue at the back of the Blue Crab Stadium? No. Okay. Except that was a swimming pool. No. Yeah, that's where the boats were. That's where the boats were. The Pinch was a cool mascot though. Yeah. We saw a lot of him. Like when Mason went, when he was like three or four, he barely came out. We didn't really see him at all. We saw him a lot in, in this game. So. I guess so. Uh, this the other pinch guy was... got fired. <laughs> probably this pinch. It was probably. I think it was a really hot day on the day we went. This was not so bad. It was kind of cool. Um, I like the stadium. I like. There's a lot of places you can uh, watch the game from, and kind of get different views of things. And um, yeah, I just wish we'd realized it was a double header. But hey, it worked out all right. 
Alright, segment three, time for our updates. Um, well, we talked about last week how there's uh, summer Ships. leagues, but there's a chance to do some uh, updates from Coppin State. So this is from uh, Utica, I think that's how you pronounce it, in Michigan. Alright, tell us then, what, what news do we have, JJ? Marcus Castillo has signed a professional contract with the Birmingham Bloomfield... Bloomfield. Bloomfield Beavers. <laughs> of the United Shore Professional Baseball League. The USBL is the fourth, the fourteen independent league, which was founded in 2016, and all games are played at John John Field in Utica. Jimmy John's Field. Yeah. Now I actually watched the game because it was on YouTube. I saw Coppin State and announced it, uh, so I watched it. And his first at bat, he singled. In his second at bat, he walked. In his third at bat, he walked. And in the fourth one, I think it was flying out to center, if I remember correctly. So he went one for two, uh, two walks. So his on-base percentage, JJ, 750 after the first game. That's pretty good. Um, the Beavers did give up, uh, didn't score in the first inning. They went one, two, three down. Uh, Diamond Hopper's got two. Uh, Marcus Castillo, when he got a single, he was driven in with a home run the next at bat. So that made it two to two. Uh, do you want to talk about the rest of the game at all? Wait, so is he on the Beavers? Yeah. Yeah, his first professional contract. They in lost fact, I, five to nine. They did, unfortunately, yeah. Um, there was three errors from the Beavers, unfortunately, so that kind of made it a little difficult. Uh, yeah, once they had their four runs, they were six to three up. Um, there was a massive grand slam in the third inning. Uh, it didn't just clear the fence. It just went way, way, way past it. It would have been another 50 feet. It still would have been a home run, I think. Uh, but no, Marcus Castillo played really well. It was cool to see him on the field. And I saw on Twitter this morning, there's a picture of the ball. He got the ball back. So he's like, this is my first professional hit. So that's kind of cool. With it being a single, I guess they just switched it out um, once, the, once that play had finished. Now, uh, Utica, Michigan is really close to Detroit, Michigan. So if we do go up, we to, go to, the, if we go up to Ohio We're going this to watch summer, a Detroit Tigers game and we, also a, a Beavers game. We could, might be able to do that as well. But so I it's looked. It's, we could. It's really close. I, I looked. It's I not very far. <laughs> it's not very far from Detroit. Um, all four teams actually play at, I think you mentioned this already, all four teams play at Jimmy John's Field. So it's just one yeah. stadium, but all four teams play there. So Wait, I guess a... you get used to seeing the, the same players after a while, which is, that can be kind of a nice thing. Like, we enjoyed following Coppin yeah, like, State this year because you get to know the players much like better. Like, they just see you, like, every single game, basically. I think the crowds will be much bigger than uh, what they were for the college games, so that might be different. Now, um, I couldn't find any stats for Jordan Hamburg at Greenville Flyboys. I did take a look. Um, I did see Josh Hank has played a few games for Quakertown uh, Blazers. Uh, he's got a bit of a cold bat right now, so hopefully next week What's when we report, bat? it means he's not hitting too well at the moment, okay? okay. Uh, Corey Miley, though, for the Cincinnati Steam, three for nine with five walks. Uh, that's in three games, so his uh, on-base percentage is already 571, and his OPSJ is 904, so uh, yeah, five oh. walks in three games. So he's on base eight out of fourteen times already. So it was uh, it was good to see uh, Corey make a really positive start as well. All right, Orioles updates. Orioles had a good week, JJ. I know we're recording a little early this week, but tell us about the four games that they played since they we last recorded. They won against Tampa Bay. They lost. They lost against Washington. They won against Washington. They won against Chicago. Uh, yeah, they did. It was uh, seven to zero. I don't know if you saw afterwards. It says F six. Uh, the final was in six, and there was one particular one for this one. Um, Austin Hayes um, had four at bats. He had four hits, and he got a cycle. 
in just six innings. So he, the game was ended after six, but he actually did hit for the cycle. Uh, beyond unbelievable, an epic night, Baltimore manager Brandon Hyde said. Uh, he became the sixth player in Orioles history to hit for the cycle. He's completed defeat with a single inning double in the midst of a steady shower. And then play was called, seven to six. All right, what about upcoming games for next week? And I did print out the ESPN one, so if you want to mention any prices, you can. Yeah. Oh, first game's on the ESPN Plus. Oh, Dang. we can't watch it. It doesn't start till 10 o'clock at night. Never mind. That's expensive. No, it's not. You're looking at the wrong one. No, though. it actually is dead. All right, tell us the games. Who are they playing? Seattle, 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 Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. You could just say they have three in Seattle and three in Minnesota. Eight, eight. That's ticket start at that price, but that's I would say that's not particularly expensive, I wouldn't say. But yeah, good for the Orioles. Three wins out of four, that's good. All right, what about our Red Sox update? How did those Red Sox do in those four games this week, JJ? 1-1-1. Uh, you missed a one as well, though. They one. beat St. Louis six to four. Uh, they beat Detroit five to two and five to four, and then six the to two. The attendance on that St. Louis game was thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five thousand. I think attendance at um, Fenway is about thirty-seven thousand, so pretty close. And um, one player who was me was playing was uh, Jared Duran. He was playing this week, but next week they're going to be going to Toronto, and he will not be playing in that one. Now, can you remember we talked about this for the Orioles? Do you remember why certain players might not be playing when they no. go to Canada? Not vaccinated against COVID. And it's a federal not requirement if you go there. Not vaccinated against COVID is mm-hmm. um, The Red Sox announced Thursday that they have optioned infielder Jeter Downs to AAA Worcester following Wednesday night win against the Tiger Tigers. And he's named after Derek Jeter. I think he said his mom is a big Yankees fan. Um, he went 0-4 in the game. I don't know why he'd bring him up for just one game and then send him down again. That seemed kind of weird. Uh, anyway, don't know, but he's going back to Worcester. Uh, he's only 23, but I'm sure it's good just to get the feel of coming up to the club to begin with. And um, I mentioned they're playing Toronto. Who else are they playing next week, JJ? Oh, yeah, also, Dad, if you want to go to the Chicago Cubs game, uh-huh. no, we are not going. Because the first, because I will mention the prices later. Three against Toronto, seven oh seven for all three of those yes. games. Mm-hmm. P.M. So, for the first Chicago game, tickets as low as $41. Mm-hmm. For the next Chicago game, tickets as low as $53. Uh-huh. And tickets as low as $51. Now, for the, the next reason one. that's expensive is it's an interleague game, so the Cubs don't normally get to play against the Red Sox. And also, these are two classic teams. Now, I didn't realize when I went to my first ever Cubs game, and I turned up, one? it was the first time that the Cubs, the Red Sox, had played at uh, Wrigley Field in, I think it was about 80-plus years. And I was lucky that I managed to get a ticket. I think my ticket was $40, and I felt really lucky that I managed to get one of that price. So, no, these are two teams that a t- 100 years ago, or a little more than 100 years ago, were really the top teams. They were playing in World Series regularly. So, uh, yeah, they're not. that's not too bad. If you can get to if you can get to Wrigley Field for fifty dollars, I think you're doing pretty good. And if you go to that afternoon game, forty dollars. Yeah, Wrigley Field plays a lot of afternoon games. JJ, they were the last team in the majors to get lights installed. They didn't want to play night games. They'd always play day games, and they wanted to keep it that way. Which ones? The Chicago Cubs. Okay. But they obviously do have lights now, and seven fifteen game would would show that. <laughs> Alright, segment four this week in baseball. I kept this one pretty short. Um, we did go to a card show this week, and the first cards you picked out, can you remember? Um, 
You picked out some big names who are currently playing. Shohei Itani and Mike Trout. You did. So story one, this is from Bloomberg on Twitter. Uh, Shohei Itani just had two days to remember. The Los Angeles Angels star hit a pair of three-run homers and drove in a career-high eight runs, so eight RBIs. A day later, he racked up 13 strikeouts while pitching eight scoreless innings of two-hit baseball. Now, the eight RBIs, Jay, he was the first player in history to hit eight RBIs and his team was never leading. <laughs> the Angels lost that game. Um, unfortunately, the Angels tend to do that a little bit. But, hey, that's the way that's the way that it goes sometimes. That's the way they go. They just keep losing. Uh-huh. All right. Story two um, was about the New Hampshire River Cats. Um, and they had a special game Fisher this week. Cats. Fish is it Fisher Cats? Fisher Cats. Oh, I thought it was River Cats. Okay, Fisher Cats, and um, they became for a game. Wait, that reminds me of a game I played before. So a cat, it's on a boat. It fishes for fish, Dad. Uh huh. And they became the Manchester Chicken Tenders. Now I know you like your chicken tenders. So chicken tenders are now ubiquitous. This is from MILB to the extent that one might not think to question their provenance. But yet these humble strips of battered and fried boneless chicken breasts were invented at Manchester's Puritan Backroom in 1974. Alright, tell us about the game then, JJ. Fisher the Fisher Catch transformed the Manchester Chicken Tenders on Saturday, June 4, when... Specialty uniforms for the second game of the doubleheader and serving Puritan backroom tenders at the Delta Dental Stadium Cut Session Stands. So actually, we call this section this week in baseball. We listened to the interview for this uh, from the the Minor League Baseball podcast, and that's why it made me go back and look at the story because I thought it was an interesting one. All right, tell us about the person who runs the company then. Art Pathis, my grandfather, started the Puritan backroom. In 1917, it's an ice cream and candy store, local in downtown Manchester. In 1974, we had opened up a full-service restaurant. We we started selling boneless breasts of chicken, and after a couple of weeks, our chicken supplier said, "Hey, we got all these little boneless remnants remnants of chickens. What am I going to do with them?" So my dad said, we'll, well, I'll figure it out. And we started selling chicken tenders in 1974. I thought that story was amazing. I would have, if you'd have asked me to guess, I think I told you this in the car, I would have been guessing like 30s, 20s. I did not think that it was less than 50 years ago. I'm only one year older than chicken tenders. That <laughs> absolutely shocked me. I could not believe that. But I like the story of how they came to be as well. It was like these little pieces, they didn't know what to do with them. It's like, I'll think of something. And then that's what chicken tenders... Now everyone has chicken tenders. Like, Including I find that... me. <laughs> you love your chicken tenders. But I was shocked that they wasn't as old as that. The uniforms looked really cool as well. Oh, talking of cool uniforms, Marcus Castillo's game, um, the other team, who I can't remember who it is right now, they were wearing Ted Lasso jerseys. They're actually available to auction right now. They're auctioning them for charity. And um, The starting bids start at $60. I am really tempted to order one. It looks like he's got like his tracksuit on. It's got like a whistle on the thing. It looks really, really cool. Can we get it now? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm going to see. $100. I'm not bidding 100 if it's 60 uh, But it is a really cool uniform that I haven't seen anywhere before. So, And the chicken tenders one looked pretty cool as well, I thought. 
So, this week, like I said, this is some of our stories. We had to kind of pick a little earlier because we're, we're not going to be available to record over the weekend because we're going to be on the road. But we are going to, I think we're going to go and see at least four, possibly five baseball games in the next seven days. So, we should have some good material for JGB coming up. All right. I think it's, he doesn't, he's not reaching for it. So, I guess I get to play the outro again this week. No, no, I get oh, to. Beat me to it. Bye.